What's up, you guys? Uh, here we are, finally starting episode one of the Sauce Lab podcast. Everybody, take a seat, get relaxed, and start listening to your new favorite NFL podcast, starring your host, Jason Schwartz. So, let me go into a little bit about myself. Uh, like I said, my name is Jason Schwartz. I am 18 years old. I go to Syracuse University, and... I've always really wanted to get a place where I can put my football ideas and knowledge into a real media format. And finally, I am starting with my own personal podcast. The Sauce Lab podcast is a variation of a podcast that I used to do with my really good friend, Luke Herman. And that was a variation NBA NFL podcast. But now I'm taking my talents from NBA and NFL to strictly NFL. I feel like that encapsulates who I am and what I like a lot more. While I do love the NBA, I think the NFL is my real true love and passion. And I just want to get out there and tell you guys some of my hot takes, some of my amazing ideas, and what I really want to just get out there to the world. So I have been an NFL fan for really as long as I can remember. Since I'd say 2000. 10 to 2014 was really when I was starting to get into the NFL, but then 2015 was when I started to pay attention to players and pay attention to stats and what teams they were on, and that's when I started to go from casual fan to analytics guy, and then I'd say around 2018, 2019 is when I started to really start knowing entire rosters, starting to know predictions, starting to be able to get a good grasp on who's going to be good who's not, what situations work, which don't, and just get an all-around idea. And now I think that I'm at a place where I can at least start talking about it. I think that a big thing, especially for an 18-year-old, I'm still growing. I'm still learning how to really do this podcast thing, how to really know everything about the NFL. And I obviously don't yet. I'm still learning, but I want you guys to be with me by my side as I grow into what I hope can be something that I can do for a while. Who knows? I mean, I'd like to be as big as I can be, but really it's just a place where I can talk football with other football fans. So in the NFL, I am a Jets fan. As sad as that is to hear, I am a New York Jets fan. I was born into it. I know that it's bad that I'm already saying that it's sad to be, but I think that as the listeners know, It's a very tough team to have such a keen liking for. In 2015, we were okay. 2010 and 2011, we were pretty solid. But since then, it's been pretty tough to tell people that that's my favorite team. I think that I do a pretty great job of not being too biased for the Jets. I actually am usually more pessimistic about them just because I know where they are and where they can go. But obviously, I do have some love there. I also am starting to grow a big love for the Titans over the last two, three years, and Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, but I I try as hard as I can to not let biases take over my ideas of who's going to be good, who's not, and things like that. For the NFL, I am a big fan of everything, really, the game itself, the action, but I think that the real thing that drew me in to love the sport is the backstory behind everything. The fact that players have rivalries and the trades 
and where people came from, and every single person has their own distinct career, but because they're all in the league together, they're all being matched up and compare, and that just creates fantastic storylines. And I know that that's why so many people love it, but that's why I have so much more of a love for that versus college football, where it's just like, recruit and the big schools get the big players and whatever, but I love the irony of the teams that end up stabbing other teams in the back and they were one the number one pick this year and then they're in the Super Bowl and those types of storylines and things that just make me so passionate as a sports fan to keep listening and keep going. I So as I said, I am not the biggest college sports fan. I obviously am trying to get into it as much as I possibly can. College basketball, I've always been a little bit. College football, more so, but even so, I like to really study prospects right when they're about to go into the NFL draft rather than following it throughout the year. So I think that I'm going to stop with the intro and actually start talking about the NFL. I know that it might sound weird to some of you guys that I'm starting this podcast, what is now the day after the 55th Super Bowl of the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It might seem weird that I'm starting the day after, but I think that this is really the start the first official day of the 2021-2022 NFL season. Personally, my favorite part of the season is the offseason when everybody gets to move and draft because every team has so much to be hopeful for and there's never a, oh, we're out, we're losing. It doesn't even matter because we're not making the playoffs idea because everyone has that same hope and the same possibility to get to that next step, which... Makes me so excited, especially as a Jets fan, who I feel like every year that's where we're getting all of our hope and excitement from is the offseason when people are saying that we might get Deshaun Watson and we might draft Trevor Lawrence and things like that. The Trevor Lawrence thing is obviously out of the picture and for another episode. So now we are going to go into a little bit of my analysis of the 55th Super Bowl and what all went down. As you guys know, last night, the Kansas City Chiefs were defeated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. They lost in the Super Bowl 31-9. to I personally went into it rooting for the Chiefs because as a Jets fan, I could not stand to see Brady win another one. But now that he has, I think that it's undebatably he is the GOAT. It's so far ahead of everybody else. It's not even worth a debate. I think now it's time to really start debating whether he's an all-time great in every sport. And really, I think that he's doing stuff that seems so NBA-like. So I can go to a team and bring some of my boys and Gronk and Antonio Brown, and who cares if they're one of the losingest franchises ever? We're going to make them a Super Bowl contender right now. That seems something so NBA and so player empowerment movement type thing. Yet it's in the NFL where you literally need 22 pieces moving. And I'm, and I'm not discrediting the rest of the Buccaneers. I, I will go into that in a second. But I really do think that the Buccaneers have an incredible roster. And Brady made the right decision by going there over LA or another team that was on his radar that he wanted to sign with. But... Just the fact that he joined this team that Jameis was throwing 30 touchdowns and they were only going 7-9, and nine, and now he shows up and he's beating Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Just goes to show the legacy that Tom Brady has built for himself and what I personally think he can sustain for another 5, 6, 7, 8 years. With, even with that playing style, as long as he has the O-line that'll keep him. The, I saw a stat... 
It was least pressures by any team in the Super Bowl with only four on Tom Brady. If he can sit pretty in the pocket like that, then I think that he could go till he's 50, 55. I, I don't see any reason why he would stop anytime soon. Now, for the other side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes, I think, put on as good of a possible as good of a show as he could have given the circumstance of what was happening. If you didn't know, they were missing Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, their starting left and right tackle, and had to replace them with Andrew Wiley and another guy who I'm not too sure of and I need to look up. But overall, I think that is where the biggest part of their collapse started. It was Todd Bowles didn't even run that many blitz packages, but with only sending four, I think that the Buccaneers have one of the top front sevens in the league. Uh, JPP with missing two fingers, and Shaq Barrett, who I think, unless the Buccaneers re-sign him, will be definitely the best edge rusher coming into this free agency class. I think that they made enough noise that it really did shake Patrick Mahomes and shook the entire Chiefs roster. Mahomes said it in the press conference afterwards that he really thought that the offense wasn't even on the same page, and which was just so surprising coming from Patrick Mahomes, who usually would step up and say, I'm the problem. He's watching... Receivers were dropping it. I They didn't have the same momentum that we've seen out of the last year when they were coming back from 10-point deficits three games in a row. Even though I did always have a feeling that Patrick Mahomes could have turned it up, he really never did, and they always felt like they were at a small disadvantage, which is disappointing, but it really is how it is. I think it's the Tom Brady effect. As weird as it is to say, and I know that there is... 21 other players on the field that are really going to contribute to that win. But Tom Brady being on the field and having that oomph with it is so, like, so storybook ending. I, it seems like a joke, but the NFL is scripted. And that's why I felt like Tom Brady to Gronk was my number one bet of the day. And obviously it's hard to say that now after the Super Bowl because I didn't record anything saying that. I have actually a couple... TikTok comments or proves that that was my bet of the day, but I was so confident going in that the two dudes who came from New England and the dynasty would end up connecting in the biggest game possible. I was so confident on it, and we watched it happen twice, actually, which just goes to show how the NFL, what you expect could happen, will happen. And that's why even when I was rooting for the Chiefs, you still, I know more than anyone how much you cannot count out Tom Brady ever in any situation. I personally really thought that it was you can't count out the Patriots, but now it really looks like you can't count out Tom Brady, and he's the one that's been making it. Whether it's for better or worse, that's definitely going to skew the Brady versus Belichick legacy talk forever now that he's going out there and doing this, and Belichick couldn't get Cam Newton back into his MVP form. But, yeah. Uh, talking a little bit about that Bucks defense some more, they are really so, so talented. I'd say a top five unit in the league for sure. I'd say, honestly, the LA Rams and the Pittsburgh Steelers do still have a slight edge on them, but I would honestly have to put them next. I think that the Browns make a good case, the Ravens make a good case, the Washington football team make a good case, but... When we what we watch, those linebackers, Levante David and Devin White, are unreal. Vita Vea and 
and Dominic and Sue in the trenches up the middle, stuffing the run, didn't even allow them to do it if they wanted to. I do think that that is something that they could have utilized more, especially with all that pressure. But it is it was theirs for the taking. The Buccaneers came out better, and they had the overall better performance, and they won. The better team won on that day. I think Devin White has now cemented himself as definitely a top five linebacker in the league, at least for the years to come. I'd say maybe you could argue Fred Warner, but I don't see another linebacker that you could want to take for the rest of their career over Devin White. And that might sound crazy because going into these playoffs, I think that he was had a worse year than the year previous. He was doing pretty solid. But then when you saw he stepped up, play recognition, tackles, he had the interception in the Super Bowl, he just continued to make plays and man that defense so well. Even though Levante David did have that veteran presence, I felt like it was all being run around Devin White, and he did a fantastic job. I also need to shout out their secondary, because everyone on their secondary is 25 years or younger. That The secondary includes Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, Jordan Whitehead, and Antoine Winfield, the rookie safety. They make an incredible unit, and I really think that with Todd Bowles does not get a head coach job, which I personally don't think that he should as a Jets fan. I've seen him have problems with play calling, problems with time management, problems with manning the entire roster. I think that when he just has to deal with the defense, he can do really incredible things. So I think that he should sign a long, long contract to stay with the Bucks and this young unit. And he can grow with the players and really make something that's a force for years to come. And as long as Brady's still playing, I think that you keep Mike Evans, even with Chris Godwin leaving him for agency, Antonio Brown possibly leaving him for agency. I think that Antonio Brown has such a love for Tom Brady that he's going to stay no matter, regardless of what the contract is. It reports today Mike Evans is actually willing to take a pay cut to pay back everybody. They're going to run it back. Just like, very similar to the Patriots, it's again the Tom Brady effect, and they'll go back and do it again. I think Cameron Brate played fantastic. Gronk, if he stays, I-, I could even see Gronk maybe retiring this or next year, and then having Brate and O.J. Howard step up. Now that O.J. Howard has the ring, I know that there was a possibility that he could have gotten traded because he was now in that last role, but... I think that now he could either elevate into the two or be that good third. Their O-line is impeccable with Ali Marpet, rookie Tristan Wirfs, Ryan Jensen, uh, so many pieces that are really so great. And I know that it is, like, now I'm all, and I'm talking about all these incredible pieces that surrounded Brady. It is true that he did have an amazing supporting cast, but that Brady effect just elevated them into the next level. I do think... The Chiefs are going to be coming back with an extreme vengeance next year. They're going to have an incredible regular season, and I just want to see if they can... I definitely think that they can get it done in the AFC to get it to get back to that big stage. But if they end up facing Brady again, I, I could see a similar thing happening, or even this This would be the passing of the torch. It's, it's now going to be so, so, so hard for Patrick Mahomes to compete with the numbers that Brady has. And I do think it's possible. I'm not going to say that I'm betting on it just because we've seen Patrick Mahomes do things that I personally don't think anyone else has done on a football field. But 
they the Buccaneers defense showed a clear recipe for how to beat them. I know that it took at the cost of losing their tackles, but if they can come out and send that same pressure there to play again, and Brady continues to throw deep and have an amazing arm and have an amazing line, then I could see the Buccaneers going back to back. I'm, I'm not going to put money on it. I really don't know at this point even where to go for who's going to be the best team of next season. I'd say as of right now, it's still the Kansas City Chiefs. With their falling out, you could obviously make a very strong argument against that, but as of right now, that's where I'd go. Now, for my reaction to the NFL awards, I'm just going to go over this quickly. Uh, again, it is kind of hard to say it now that I'm starting the podcast today and not before the awards had came out, but all of my predictions had came true. I was also a fan of Aaron Donald winning over TJ Watt. I was also a fan of Justin Herbert winning over Justin Jefferson. I think Aaron Rodgers was a lock. Chase Young was a lock. I think Kevin Stefanski really, really, really deserved the Coach of the Year award to bring back, especially that franchise, even for what they were last year. They had such high hopes and then fell short. So the fact that they still had those high hopes coming into this year, you could make the argument they were already going to be so good they had that great roster. But... To establish the run like that and to go from a team where, and, and make Baker look so, so, so much better than he did last year. When he was passing and he was throwing picks last year and now he went into this game manager role where it had the number one rushing offense. I think Kareem Hunt is talent level top 10 running back in the NFL and he's a backup, which it just goes to show how explosive and incredible that Browns run game is. I think that it, it is a question on the table whether they're going to be bringing back Odell Beckham Jr. after we saw he left and then they ended up even being successful without him or even how much he'd go for in the trade market after we're seeing Stafford go for two firsts and I know that, that has to do with golf but Stafford for two firsts and when sounds like he might be going for a first and all these super high values. We saw what he went for before. He went for the 17th pick in Jabril Peppers but that, that could change this coming year, and I think that that's going to really tell how the Browns are going to be in the next season. But I think Kevin Stefanski, he was my pick. I do agree. I think Brian Flores was could have been a really good pick, but they did fall short on making the playoffs, so that definitely takes them out. I think that Sean McDermott made a really good case with the elevation of the Buffalo Bills. I'm trying to think about this. Honestly, I think that a sleeper for coach of the year was Sean McVay, who took a Rams team that I personally thought would take a step back this past year and actually ended up beating the Seahawks in the playoffs and making a somewhat deep run. It just goes to show how incredible he is and how they could be a force to be reckoned with next year with Matthew Stafford. I'll, I'll definitely do an analysis of that trade on another episode and what it really means for both teams. I personally think that it was kind of a loot. Actually, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it right now. Um, I don't know if you got. I assume that you guys know, but around one, two weeks ago, Matthew Stafford was traded from the Detroit Lions to the LA Rams in exchange for two first-round picks and Jared Goff. Now... That might sound like an unreal amount for somebody that really hasn't done it in the Super Bowl, but people's contrary beliefs are that he never had the talent around him. 
I personally don't really even understand that. I think that Kenny Galladay has been an incredible receiver. I think that Marvin Jones is one of the most underrated receivers of the decade. I think Calvin Johnson just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. He has had talent around him. I do know the offensive line hasn't been there. They haven't had the the rushers. But we have seen Stafford somewhat reach what I feel like he could be. And that was, at his highest, a fringe top eight quarterback. So while that is true that you're pairing a fringe top eight quarterback with Sean McVay, this incredible offensive mind... Those two, off, those two picks could have gone to a rookie quarterback where you can build, you can have the money to build even more around him with that quarterback. Let McVay uh, grow up with another one versus taking this dude who you know can only go up to maybe top eight quarterback in the league. And then even if they do make the deep run, I feel like they end up facing Brady or facing Rodgers or facing the dudes who are guaranteed top five quarterbacks and they end up taking the loss. So while I do like the aggressiveness in what the Rams did, I can't say that I fully support trading two firsts for them. The biggest pro of the Rams is that they got off Jared Goff, a player that they traded up in the first round to get years prior which is so ironic, but clearly based on the fact that they were starting John Walford above him in the playoffs shows that they didn't have confidence in their quarterback whatsoever, and quarterback is the most important position on the field. So if they're getting the guy that they feel can really bring them to the next step, I love the aggression, but I just don't know if that's the best way to go about it. And then for the Detroit Lions, going into this trade, I was projecting them to be the worst team in the NFL this coming year with even worse than the Houston Texans uh, post-Deshaun Watson trade, which sounds insane, but when you really look at their team and they spent the third round pick, or the third pick in the draft on Jeff Okuda, who didn't even get good minutes, and Trey Flowers is their best defensive player, and he's on too big of a contract, and Galladay's leaving, and Marvin Jones is leaving, and Frank Ragnow really seems like the only positive on the team. You can also argue TJ Hawkinson, but even so, when you look back at the 10th pick and you see what the important positions are on a football team, and the Detroit Lions took a tight end, feels so Eric Ebron, and even if he does turn into a top five tight end, which I think that he is already in that conversation, don't get me wrong, he's very good, but you could have gone tackle, you could have gone edge rusher, you could have at that 10th position. I'm not too sure who was after, but I can almost guarantee there were plenty of all pro players or even just positions that they could have taken a shot on there rather than taking TJ Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson will be a good fantasy tight end option for this coming year, but that's about it. Jared Goff, I can really only see him being a bridge quarterback to somebody younger who will come in in the future. Luckily, I think the Detroit Lions like him more than the Rams did, but that's not to say that he's good or going to be handed the reins to this incredible team. He's getting the same shit show that Matt Stafford had and endured, and I don't know how it can go much up. And I know that they do get the two first-rounders in return, but even so, on the flip side, just to play devil's advocate to what I said before, those the Rams will make this almost great run. I think they'll fall short, but that's still a one playoff win, giving you two picks between pick 18 and pick 26, which 
is going to get you what if you're not an amazing drafter. So overall, I mean, I think that they did what they could. Stafford clearly didn't want to be there, and they did get two first-rounders. That's higher than what the trade market was going to be, I had thought, originally. But now they have the tough penalty, the cap penalty of Jared Goff, a roster that really needs so many changes and not much to show for it. So while most teams, well, most analysts are saying that one team was the winner or even both teams were the winner, when I really look at it, I see both teams as losers. I mean, that might, it sounds a little bit crazy to say, but that's how I view it. Well, I think that's going to be all for episode one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope to see you guys again next week. We have some juicy, juicy storylines. And just know, this this is just the start of what is going to be, I hope, a long-time thing where I can just sit down and talk. I'm going to be giving best bets of the week for football season. I'm going to be giving sleepers. I'm going to be doing mock drafts. I'm going to be having interviews with, hopefully, ex-players and current players and other fans and analysts and things like that, and really just trying to give you guys a new perspective of the NFL and how everything's overlooked and how players might do. I think that a big thing that I'm trying to achieve here is to give you guys a perspective that you guys haven't heard. I'm really, really, really not trying to just relay what other analysts have said. I'm trying to give you guys a new look on what I'm feeling and how I'm looking at things. But, yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure to tune tune in next week. I'm going to be saying my two te- to my two my teams for the next 5 years, two teams that I feel like are in such an amazing position to start winning very soon. You guys need to tune into next week to hear what that's going to be. But thank you guys so much for listening. Have an amazing day.